Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hey! Hi, friend. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? Good. It's been a grumpy weekend. I don't really have a good reason why, but... Yeah, it is snowing, which is pretty, but I'm also feeling a little off today. It's also like 16 degrees outside. It's brisk. Um, but at least we're both kind of in a funk together, right? Yeah. Matching moods. Yeah. I like it. Maybe this podcast will better our spirits. Yeah. I mean, I guess on that note, we're going to start with a less fun topic. We have both listened to Chris Harrison's podcast. Well, the first episode. The first episode. The most dramatic podcast ever. ever. Mm-hmm. It's a very dramatic name. Well, that was kind of his like tagline. Right. For The Bachelor. But isn't that The Bachelor's tagline? Not no, his. No, he, he kind of like, well, because, you know, he was the the host from the beginning of the show. Right. So I think that he, as the host, he probably came up with that phrase and then it just kind of became like a running joke because every season can't be the most dramatic season ever. Well, I've got news. Zach promised us that this season has no drama. <sighs> I know. <laughs> All right. Okay. But anyway, we'll start with uh, kind of dissecting Chris Harrison's podcast um, and what we, the first episode and what we thought about it, especially as it relates to everything that went down with Rachel Lindsay and Matt James's season and Rachel um, Kirkconnell. Kirkconnell and Rachel Lindsay. There are two Rachels in this story. Yeah. So just in case you didn't watch Matt James's season, a little update would be the woman that Matt James, the bachelor, ended um, his season with Rachel Kirkconnell. Um, kind of mid season, it came out that she, in 2018, she went to a Southern Antebellum party in college. And Antebellum, for anybody who doesn't know, basically is a glorification of pre Civil War times in the South. So plantation, slavery. And the problem with those parties is when you think about it, where do black people fit into those parties? They are not white people dressed up in fancy clothes, they would be slaves. So really problematic behavior, whether you really, like, whether she realized it or not, she didn't, but, you know, not, not great. Yeah, and so the Chris Harrison thing comes up when Rachel Lindsay had Chris Harrison um, as an interview guest during Matt James's season when all of this came out, and she was just asking him questions like, what do you think about Rachel Kirkconnell and the fact that she hasn't come out and addressed all of this um, news that is coming out about her? Right. And Chris Harrison's response to that was to say that we owe Rachel Kirkconnell grace and really went to bat for her and then got heated with Rachel Lindsay, yeah. who I have to say is a black woman. And Chris Harrison basically said, who are you to decide what is racist? Yeah. And I'm not and laughing because that's funny. I'm laughing because like that, I just cannot imagine, you know, looking a black person in the face as a white human and saying, who are you to tell me what's racist? Like, um, 
Yeah, and he also had a lot of kind of aggressive language around woke, the woke police, and um, you know, like uh, I re I rewatched the interview today, and he talks about what was okay in 2018 versus 2021, which I think is <laughs> a really inappropriate way to look at um, right. societal progress. <laughs> because at the end of the day, in 2018, it was still wrong. And, and black women and black people have been championing this cause since they got right. brought over here as slaves. So like, yeah, even though we weren't at the heightened sense of things politically that we are that we were in 2021 versus 2018, Wrong is wrong, and it's just as wrong in 2018 as it is right now, as it would have been 20 years ago. Like, it just doesn't matter. The timeline is irrelevant. Yeah, and so I felt like the fact that he kept bringing that up as a relevant point was not very constructive or helpful to the conversation. Right, because in a way, what it's, what he's saying is, he's is like... justifying that, like, oh, yeah. this was okay in 2018. Just because we view things differently now doesn't mean that she was wrong to do it in 2018. And it's like, no... The party in and of itself should just not be appropriate ever. Yeah, that party was inappropriate from the very get-go, like, you know, forever. <laughs> uh, slavery's not cool. Racism's not cool. Um, so Chris has this really heated interview, apologizes, though not very well, and I want to point out that the apology was posted to Instagram and has since been deleted. Um, and he decided that he wanted to be able to speak his piece and decided that this, you know, taking the first couple episodes of his podcast, which I think is going to maybe be about dating and relationships. Yeah, I think it's going to be a relationship podcast. Um, to talk about his viewpoint about this whole situation. Um, and it is not a good look. I will say I think it is a masterclass in how to not take accountability um, and how not to handle these types of situations. Yeah, and I I will admit I went into the podcast with an open mind. Like, I really didn't know how he was going to approach addressing what happened between him and the Bachelor franchise. Um, so I went into it open-minded. I wanted Chris to prove me wrong. You know, I wanted Chris to have learned from this experience and take an accountability from this experience and show some sort of personal growth. Um, but I will admit that um, all in all, it kind of came across as he, I questioned if he actually was sorry. So his apology that was written, um, you know, in, in 2021 kind of came across as a polite um, obligation Right. Like professionally, he had to do this to maintain face. Um, and the thing was, is it came across as I am apologizing for making you feel this way, but I stand by what I said. Yeah. So he... I apologize that you feel bad, but I'm not sorry for my words and the way that they were delivered. And I guess he did say, like, I apologize for the way it came across. I apologize that the way that people are interpreting it, but it's like, no, you just need to take accountability for the bigger picture of this conversation. Right. I think for me, that was really shocking. Um, Kimberly Crenshaw, who is a lawyer who coined the term intersectionality, uh, has a podcast called Intersectionality Matters. And uh, I can't remember. It's episode four, but she she brings on a couple people to talk about the anatomy of an apology. And 
part of a successful apology is knowing the lines that were crossed and what you did wrong. And not only saying you're sorry, but you have to figure out what the person you're apologizing to needs to hear from you. And you have to take the time to reflect on that and really understand what you did wrong. And saying you're sorry is really step one of an apology. Step two and three is, you know, reducing the harm you cause moving forward. And then from there, showing, especially when it comes to racism and racist acts, things that we say as white people, we have to be willing to show accountability and how we're learning and growing because racism is our problem, not that of people of color and black people. And the only way that we're all going to figure this out is to be more public about what it is we can do better and how to not step in it and how we can learn and, you know, do better in these situations. And like, that is all part of an apology. It's not just saying you're sorry and then wanting forgiveness. Yeah. And I think an important takeaway, um, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I love that. Um, But I also think an important takeaway is the issue isn't stepping in it. The issue is what you do after you step in it. Yes, because we're all going to step in it. Because we live in a society and a world that has propped up white people and made it very easy for us to live in this world. It is unavoidable. You will say something or do something racist. It just, it sucks, but it's part of how things are. Exactly. What do you do next? Yeah, and I'm just disappointed that his entire podcast was kind of about his experience yeah. and his feelings and um, how much he struggled. And it was kind of missing the mark and not addressing what he impacted others to feel and experience based on his reaction to something. Yeah. And could- also how that impacts the Bachelor franchise and what you know, does the franchise align themselves to what his, Chris Harrison said? Do they not? Um, how does that impact the viewer's relationship with the show? How does that impact who applies to go on the show? Um, it was so much bigger than just Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay's conversation. It's about what does the show do next? Well, it's it's accountability on all parts. And like, what's so frustrating about Chris's podcast was, you know, he... He, he teases this idea of cancel culture, which I'm here to say cancel culture doesn't exist. However, there are consequences to actions. And I think Chris found himself really surprised that actions had consequences. And, you know, if anybody says or does something inappropriate at their job to that level, you're probably getting fired. Like, that's just the way that that goes. You're not a good fit culturally for this business anymore, for, you know, what's going on. And so... Yeah, I don't really know also what Chris expected ABC and The Bachelor to do after all of that, you know, and good that we've got larger public outcry that we're not going to tolerate people saying and doing racist things that should have this should have been happening so much longer ago. And it really is devastating that it took the murder of a black man and riots in the street to get people to understand how important it is that we listen to black people. (laughs) Yeah. And be having these conversations. Yeah. And understanding that we don't know what it feels like to be racially profiled. So when they, you know, when, when Rachel Lindsay is talking about this, you listen and he didn't No. And he's still not listening. And that's pretty clear. So if we can save you from, you know, roughly two hours of him 
waxing poetic about how bad he feels and how much weight he lost and how many celebrities secretly backed him up. Um, also, were you surprised at the beginning how he was like, people in Hollywood should be nervous. Like he held power in what he was about to say. It kind of seemed. Oh, I didn't pick. I felt like he was implying that people should be nervous because everybody is so a lot quicker to call people out on their bullshit. Was that? Oh, I felt like he was saying people should be nervous because of the tea he was about to spill. Oh, interesting. We got very different takes from that. We did. That's all right, though. Also, we could both be right and we could both be wrong. Yeah, but you know what I'm not going to do? I just, we should both just be right. I'm not going to go re-listen because, oh my God. Don't re-listen. I, I just would re-listen too. I have, I had to stop myself from taking pages and pages of notes. I finally put the podcast on 1.5 speed and swore on Indiana's life that I would stop pausing and having responses to it because it was taking me way too long to get through the podcast because it was the most maddening thing to listen yeah, to. Yeah, don't re-listen to it. Not worth your time and energy. Um, we did, so you don't have to. Yeah, and I, I am bummed that I walked away feeling like he didn't actually sincerely mean his apology and that it was totally just a political move for him to maintain his job and his stature in Bachelor Nation. Um, I was really surprised that he continually talked about people wanting to destroy and cancel. That's a quote. Destroy and cancel. Like, it sounds an awful lot like, again, and I know we just said this, but like consequences. Like, he he is, I don't know. It was kind of a bummer of a podcast. And I think he really tainted the legacy that he could have left behind on that show. And now we have Jesse. Who, by the way, is a doll. I, <laughs> I actually, I'm sad that there were better choices than another yeah. white guy. However, Jesse has been... Yeah, Jesse's fine. I'm still unconvinced of the value he adds to the show. Like, he's a good um, host. Yeah. He's very handsome, and he's very, uh, he has good relationships with the contestants. Did you know he can sing? I didn't. So he also is hosting, if you have HBO Max, he hosts the Holiday Baking Championship, and he is such a goof, and he also sings. Like, he's probably not professionally trained, but he can carry a tune, which really... And he speaks French. Yes. He's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that came of it. Although I would have really think... I I would have preferred Taisha or Caitlin. Agreed. As a host. I thought that the way that they... Or at least let them host The Bachelorette. Like, the way that they were able to connect with Katie and Michelle was way more fun than, like, watching Uncle Jesse, like, sit down and have awkward conversations with Gabby and Rachel... I oh my gosh, my favorite Jesse moment was in Clayton season when I, I think it was one of the moments where Clayton had just talked to Susie and Susie decided she was leaving and he was just like, Yeah, man, that's rough. And <laughs> patted him on the back and walked away. <laughs> well, thanks, Jesse. You made your bed, Clayton, and now you will lie in it. Um, I do enjoy watching how the contestants kind of make Jesse feel uncomfortable sometimes, especially like on the Paradise intros. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse rolls with it, though. Yeah, he's a good sport. He was. Was it last season that we got like David Spade? Yes, Lance Bass. Lance Bass. Um, Jay-Z. 
Z? No, we definitely didn't get Jay Z. Who was the voice? But it was another. It was a. It was a really well known rapper that came in. He with... was previously on The Bachelorette. Really, I'm really bad with names. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, really bad with music artists. <laughs> well, we should have figured oh, this out, but we didn't know Titus. we were going here. Yeah, Titus was one. Yep. Um, I loved David Spade. David Spade was gold. He should be the host. He's also he's also an actual Bachelor fan. And so you tell though too by the way that he <laughs> talked to these young people who half who had no idea who he was. And you know, he kind of understood the gist of the show, which was clear. Little John? Little John. Yes. I'm pretty sure that was it who yeah, who gave like the Bachelor in Paradise. I'm not going to mimic it obviously, but um, it was just fun that the show had to swerve and that they leaned into it in such a weird way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if every Bachelor in Paradise should be that way, but that was you a know, good one. We needed that levity. Yeah, there was a weird gap. The Chris Harrison stuff was going down. And so I appreciated the way the show swerved into that. I would agree with that. Um, I did also speed listen to half of Chris Harrison's second episode because I was trying to get through zone two and I, you know, nothing can fuel your exercise quite like rage can sometimes. So I was like, let's just tap into this. I thought it was really interesting. He thought for sure Wells was going to get his job. And initially I was like, I think I would have been excited about that. But Wells was kind of a twat on this season of Paradise. Like I don't feel like he was very nice to like lace and just sort of stirred things up among the ladies in a way that was really just, and I don't know if that's Wells doing, but it, rub me the wrong way and I'm even more grateful for Jesse. Well, I like Wells. I I agree on the lace thing. I was really irritated with some of the language um Wells was using to describe lace, but it was not just Wells. It was like all of the men kind of created this narrative around lace and it was but he frustrating. It. He was like, oh, yeah, let me tell you a story. Them. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Okay. But also it's like, why are we pegging the 30, what, how old's Lace? 32, 34? Yeah, she's in her 30s. Like, why are we shaming the oldest woman yeah. is coming back on the show? You Rodney's know, he's clearly ditching her. Yeah, like, like just give Lace a break. And she handled that really well. All things considered, like, she was hurt and she was fine. I don't know. We love you, Lace. We do. You're an icon. Uh, I love that she was on there and made up her birthday. Yeah, so it can be your birthday any day you want it to be. Yeah. An arbitrary date, more or less. I think Wells would be a good host. Um, just the thing I like about Wells is that he's funny and he also is a good host just because I know he had a radio show, so he's used to just being um on when it comes to speaking. Yeah, he's a very good talker and he's very engaging. And you can tell he also likes the show. Yes. Um, I don't know if I would choose Wells, but if it had been Wells, I probably wouldn't have hated it. Um, Jesse kind of just seemed like Chris Harrison 2.0, but I'm getting to like Jesse more. You know what I read? Zach yeah. wants to be a sports announcer. Oh, God. I was like, we're just pumping out Jesse's at this point. You know, in 20 years, Zach's going to be hosting The Bachelor. I know you don't like Nick Vial, but I think Nick would be an interesting host because of all of the um, relationship work he does on his podcast. And I would love to have a host in there that's actually having constructive conversations about 
like healthy relationships. <laughs> For sure. Or like how to make good choices rather than just being like, hang in there. And it doesn't have to be Nick. I'm saying anyone who actually is going to talk through some of this stuff with the lead and give them feedback and opinions and help them constructively instead of just, yeah, patting them on the back and being like, well, good luck. <laughs> you have some hard decisions ahead. Yeah, I think Ugh. that could be a really interesting angle that would benefit the show. Yeah. I think Nick actually would probably really, I think he would be good at that. My issues with Nick, to be fair, have actually probably nothing to do with Nick and everything to do with his support of Johnny Depp during the Amber Heard thing. So like, <laughs> oh yeah, I team Amber <laughs> all the way. I just, I'm having a hard time moving past it and forgiving people. So it's not like Nick has personally done anything to me. He's fine. <laughs> just my own issues. But like, I think especially his involvement in The Bachelor I I like his perspectives on things because he's been on the show officially, what, four times? Mm -hmm. Two seasons of The Bachelorette, season three of Paradise, and then his own season of The Bachelor. He's got a really strong sense, too, of how production works, how the show works, and I think probably would be somebody that could guide the leads far better than any of these random people that they could choose. And Nick also isn't afraid to call people out mm -hmm. and I think sometimes it would be nice for the leads to get called out yeah that would be much more engaging television too right rather than having because we was it last I don't know you've talked to me about this before and I'm starting to see it more where you end up just not liking the lead I think Katie Thurston unfortunately fell victim to this like everybody was excited about her but by the end of the season it was everybody just had Katie burn out and if there were hosts that could you know, maybe a little bit better guide the leads. Maybe yeah. we wouldn't end up disliking leads so much. Clayton could have used some of that too. <laughs> totally. And for the record, I actually didn't enjoy Nick's season um, when he was The Bachelor for this reason. I was so excited when they announced that Nick was going to be The Bachelor. And then I just felt like Nick totally lost his sense of self and his personality, which is why I liked him. Um, and so it's not... You know, we can like these people in the show, but when they become leads, it's almost like they get muted and it's more so about the people they're dating than it is about them. And I wish that would change. Again, I talked about this last um, podcast, but I love the I love the seasons where the leads stay true to themselves and we maintain a sense of who they are. And also they end up being the more controversial leads. Yeah, I agree. Well, I don't know. It seems like we've got Jesse for a while. He's fine. Chris Harrison's out of the picture, except he's going to be doing his thing Bye. in the corner. I'm not going to listen. Oh, me neither. <laughs> Absolutely not. I could barely, even at 1.5 speed, I think it like knocked the episodes down to maybe like 20 minutes. Too much. We just wanted you to take more accountability, Chris. Yeah. And that's one thing that I guess I want to like before we move on to women's profiles that I want to say is like, I think we get so worried that we're going to get canceled or called out for these things. And you said it earlier, like, and you're going to step in it. And really what's more telling is not that you stepped in it. We're all going to make that mistake. It's how you move forward and showing accountability. Like there is yeah. a path forward to being better, to doing better. And the people who love you should continue to love you. You will be fine. Do the hard work. Be accountable. Learn how to reduce harm. You know. And and move on. <laughs> yeah, super disappointed that 
that's the way we're closing out our relationship with Chris Harrison. But goodbye and good riddance. Goodbye now. And on that note, I think more exciting, maybe, talking about the women of Zach's season. Typically, these tend to be mine and Mandy's least favorite episodes where people just read bios. Um, podcast episodes. Podcast episodes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to put you through what we don't want to be put through of just reading bios, but we wanted to talk about uh, the women that stuck out to us. and Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, do some speculating on who we think is going to be really relevant in the season. Yeah. Talk about who we want to see more of in the season. So um, that's but, where we're going with yeah. the next little bit. Um, so tell me, who do you got? So I wrote a list of five women that I found really interesting just based on their bios. Um, and then I also wrote a list of five women just based on looks alone, like Tinder style, swipe right, who... Um, Zach would be really into based on just how beautiful they are. Okay. All right. Give me your top five that you are interested in. Do you want me to tell you why or should I just do names? No. Tell me why. Okay. Um, number one, Anastasia. Um, content marketer, but the things that I find interesting about her, she comes from a big Greek family. She loves to watch Harry Potter movies. I hope she also likes to read the books but it just said movies in the profile. Um, and she has a strong bond with Cleopatra, which I find fascinating. Um, and then Kylie, NBA dancer. Didn't you say she was a dancer for the Hornets? Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that she puts M&Ms in her popcorn. Um, super cool that she's a postpartum nurse. And... Wannabe soccer mom. I feel like that works really well with Zach and what he's looking for in a partner. Brianna. Brianna is the girl that Zach gave the first impression rose to at the end of the last rose ceremony. Um, I think it was crowd voted. Is that right? I audience vote. Don't know because I tapped out. I was so done. So I'm sorry. I am useless. I did not do my research, and they took down Rachel and Gabby season, so I can't even go fix my mistake. I am 90% sure that she got the first impression rose at the live show and it was an audience vote. Okay, well, that makes sense because what I wrote about her was she looks way too cool in sunglasses. Like, this woman has a presence. Entrepreneur, boss woman. One of my favorite fun facts about her is that she is not going to Netflix and chill with you. I love a woman who is like, no. You can do better than this. Here yes. for it. And she lived in Paris. I also have Olivia. I think this is Olivia L. Um, basketball player. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be in the medical field based on her passion for Grey's Anatomy. I used to love Grey's Anatomy. I will admit that I no longer watch. I know that there are some hardcore Grey's Anatomy fans out there. Um, but personally, I stopped watching the show. But I will always have a love for the beginning of Grey's Anatomy. What season did you make it to? I don't know the season. See, and I don't even want to say where where I stopped watching in case it's like a spoiler for people. Okay. I don't know. Is it a spoiler if it happened so long ago? No, you've got like a year. And if you don't know, you don't know. Okay. Well, I stopped watching after the plane crash. Yeah. 
I made it to season like 17 and a half. Okay, so you made it way farther than I me. did. The first five seasons of Grey's Anatomy is probably one of my favorite television shows. Good to know. She yells at people who litters, which, yes. yes. She's also not afraid to stand up to people who throw their trash on the street. Yeah, don't fucking litter. My rando is yeah. Olivia M. She's a stylist. Love it. Loves carbs. I will admit that's kind of why I picked her. And she can make a dolphin sound. All of those are random, but I'm excited to see what she wears because she's a stylist and super into fashion. I just kind of appreciate somebody admitting to loving carbs because I feel like all the food challenges that happen, people are like, I'm on a ketogenic diet and I haven't eaten carbs in 30 years. And it's like, you're 24. (laughs) But so, yeah, it's good to... To just own that, you can trust a person who eats carbs. There was another contestant, I don't remember her name, but she listed on fun facts that she could live on breakfast pastries. Same, (laughs) in fact, I have to work really hard not to because I'm pretty sure I could. Um, Jess, do you want to tell us your top five? Yeah, so I took a different approach than Mandy. Um, I sat down, I follow an account on Instagram called Bachelor Data, which speaks to the nerd in me because she goes through and pros- like talks about keywords, like who who's um, the outcome of like first impression roses, how long engagements have lasted, all sorts of really fun stuff. So if you just want to- Bachelor see- stats. Yeah. If you want to see the bachelor stats, this is the place. But she is also really phenomenal. I should know her name. I only know her as bachelor data. Bachelor data. Sorry. Um, so I went through, she lists all of the the profiles for all the girls on Instagram. So I went through and clicked on each Instagram profile and kind of wrote down my first impressions. And this is why I'm doing a podcast about The Bachelor with Jess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't mind giving two and a half hours of my night to this. It was great. You're so hardcore. Um, I didn't think it was going to take that long. But then once I was doing it, I was like, well, here we are. So my top five, I've got Charity, who is so smart stunning and she's got a lot of incredible social justice stuff and I think that that's really cool because that really sticks out to me I think a lot of these contestants kind of go on trying to be apolitical or if we're being honest they're probably all Republican so love to see that when it comes up she's also a therapist yeah a child a children's therapist love that yeah she's brilliant I I'm excited for her I really I'm fingers crossed she goes far uh Davia I think that's probably how you'd pronounce that. I mean, again, I am going to go with this because I was shocked. She had a lot of Black Lives Matter stuff on there. And anytime somebody on this show wants to talk politics, especially in that direction, I'm just, I'm going to be here for it. Um, I've got Lekka. She was so funny to me. She loves Miami so much. (laughs) And I've I've never been, but our coach Juan also really loves Miami. So I feel like that bodes well. I'm like, if you also love Miami, you're probably. Miami is a vibe. Yeah. So I can see that. Um, she was in private banking and decided to leave that. And now she models. Wow. What a pivot. I know. And it, I appreciate that. Same. I thought that was really cool. And it's working really well for her. So I I love that. Also, clearly very smart. Um, oh, yeah. She was in finance. So. Yeah. Any woman who's in finance. Yeah, if you know numbers and money, props to you. I also chose, I didn't write initials. It's probably Olivia 
L. Is it blonde or black hair? She wears sneakers. L. L. Uh, because her and I have the same pair of Jordans. <laughs> She's a sneakerhead too. Um, so instantly a winner. Yeah, I'm shallow. I can just admit it. I'm here for shoes. And then lastly, I've got Victoria with a K. Uh, she's from Austria, very fit. And the thing about her Instagram that really stuck out to me in a hilarious way is she is super into charcuterie. Like, you guys, really into it. So if you need some inspiration, go there. And it's beautiful. And then I got sucked into it. I guess I'm probably also into charcuterie, but it's a lot of work and she does a good job with it. So it is kind of an art form. It is. Like to make it look as nice as hers through, mine never looked like that. It looks like I threw meat and fruit on a cutting board and called it a day. And like hers is very well designed and like you can't see the cutting board. And have like map out very curated flavor profiles. Oh, yeah. And textures. And I don't even know what kind of cheese I'm buying half the time, let alone like if it goes with what I'm serving. <laughs> cheese. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. So that was, I don't know. There were some fun people. I'm. I'm excited for these women. Um, I also now want cheese. And, I mean, we just, we eat food. That's, we can do that after. <laughs> so the five women that I thought Zach would be into based on looks alone. I love that you did this, by the way. Let's hear it. <laughs> Bailey, Jess, Olivia L, Christina M, and Brianna. Okay. Um, Jess, I wrote down that she had amazing blonde hair, so I buy that. I think she has kind of a girl next door vibe. Yeah. Just really sweet and unassuming. Okay. Bailey is kind of a Rachel pick for me. Like he, she has Rachel vibes. And if Zach was in a Rachel, I feel like he might think that Bailey is attractive. And she's got a cute dog named Charlie. Named after Charlie Brown, which. That's cute. I didn't know that. I do think. <laughs> I mean, Charlie Brown is a very depressed character. So I think it's an interesting pick for a dog name. Especially a golden doodle who you know is not depressed. Yeah, super happy, super peppy, um, and definitely not being mopey like Charlie Brown. But I still love Charlie Brown. Who were the other two? So it was Bailey. Jess. Olivia L. Olivia, that was your sneaker, sneaker pick. Yep, yep. Christina M. Um, I didn't write anything down about her. And Brianna. I feel like I skipped Christina M. I don't even have her. Well, apparently I thought that she, her looks would match Zach's vibes. I love it. Do you have anything on Brianna? Yeah. Oh, that's the, we already talked about her. We did. Entrepreneur, boss woman, lived in Paris. Amazing in sunglasses. Anti-Netflix and chill. Got it. Yeah, she's stunning. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to Genevieve, whose Instagram handle is Pass the Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> which I also felt like was kind of an oddball Instagram handle because so many of these, and no judgment, you hustle, ladies, however you need to hustle. But it just felt like against the grain of like the typical beautiful Instagram model trying to make her way as an influencer. And yeah, I, she's just really putting it out there. Yeah. No fucks. Yeah. I personally don't like mayo, but I respect it. Same. Mayo kind of weirds me out. Well, I'm interested to see what happens. So once the first episode airs, Jess and I are going to pick a top four. Yeah. And the top four is going to be who we think will go the farthest in the show. Yeah? Yeah. And then we, we every, 
well, not every season, but for the past couple of seasons, we've done a bachelor bracket. Um, so we were going to still do that. So again, hello, if anybody is out there, let us know. You can be part of our bachelor bracket. We'd love to have you. Um, and the way we were going to do this is see if our first impression top four, like how well they did sort of point wise, point wise overall. overall from our main bracket, which just will get us to the end of Zach's season. We thought about picking the top four now, but I think it's way more interesting after the first episode. Yeah, because we have no idea. Yeah. I mean, we can pick out which women we would date, but I have a feeling Zach has different taste. I think so. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited not for the season, but I'm excited to be engaged with it the way that we're engaged with exactly. it. I'm with you. Like, as soon as I said I was excited, I was like, wait, I'm not excited for Zach, but I'm excited that you and I are doing this. You know, excited, awkward And it pause. just happens to be Zach's season that we're doing it. Yeah. But I think we need it. I think we need this little project to push us through. Get some oomph into the, to the season. And hopefully we get a kick-ass bachelorette. Yes. And then I'm thrilled to cover Paradise. Oh, you guys, if you have not watched Bachelor in Paradise, I think that's probably my favorite iteration. It is it's the messiest. So messy. <laughs> and Aaron has been on it for two seasons now. And wow. I mean, big facts. He'll probably come back again. Ugh. I don't know how I feel about it at this point, but he has been very good. Good television. He is good television. I mean, I was really bummed that his friend James didn't find anyone because supposedly James is like a really monogamous, sweet, thoughtful guy. And he has just been like, oh, for two. I know. We, you and I, when we went to The Bachelor Live, he was The Bachelor. Yeah. And I thought he was great. I'm also really surprised that he has not done better. I mean, I don't know if Paradise is where he's going to find love, but I hope he finds it. He would probably be the one white guy that I actually wouldn't mind being the next Bachelor. Oh, okay. James for Bachelor. Right? I think he would be, I think he's genuine. I think he's really funny. He's fit. I like that. He's got a whole leg tattoo. Oh, shit. Like, I didn't know that. Whole leg. Um, Jess and I both have a lot of tattoos, so. <laughs> you can't tell because one, it's a podcast, and two, if you do it's watch on YouTube, we're not wearing clothes that show anything. But we're pro tattoos. I mean, maybe not like really bad tattoos, but I think it's I am. I have bad tattoos. I think um, it's nice to see people on The Bachelor with tattoos because they're definitely, yeah. It, I don't know, you don't see as many of them. Yeah, give us give us more diversity, more alternative people, yeah. not Let's just some the, like colorful hair people. The girl next door. Some long, ear gauges. Yeah. Some different body types. Body types. I will champion that cause the whole way through. And also, I feel like women tend to be attracted to, like, men with tattoos and, and jewelry. So why not bring in more, like, edgy guys? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I do sometimes have to remember that I think The Bachelor probably does cater to a Christian base. Oh, yeah. Which is weird to me sometimes because then there's concepts like the fantasy suite, which I know... People oftentimes don't sleep together. They use that time to talk, but like still, come on, we're calling it the fantasy suite. Like, so it's this weird, like, wink nod to think like premarital sex. I can say it. This is my podcast. Um, but it's, it's weird the way that that, that Christian creep kind of works its way into the show. Did you watch Tasha's season? No, that's my next one though, because Claire Crawley is infamous and I want to know what happened. Well, 
I was just going to bring up that Tasha was more religious, yeah. and one of the one of her top contestants, Ivan, um, was not. And they had conversations around that. And I think that we need more conversations like that on the show, you know, because your morals, your religious beliefs, all of that is going to impact your impact your relationship. So much. I'm actually really shocked at the things. Yeah, you're right. That people don't talk about in this, like religion being a very right? big one. Like, also, where talk, are you going to live? Let's talk about spirituality. Let's talk about, you know, your credit score. Let's talk about, you know, what are you, what do you prioritize in your life that might be problematic if you shared your life with someone else? How much debt do you have? That's totally fair. What time do you go to bed? <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Are you somebody who likes to go out or somebody who? Yeah. Where do you want to live? Yeah, I think that matters. I mean, I think that's really, I mean, Kendall and uh, my girl Kendall, grocery store Joe didn't make it because neither one of them were willing to relocate for the other. And now Joe has relocated so, or Serena. Uh, Kendall lives in Germany. So, And also she's happily engaged to a very attractive guy. For sure. But yeah, I think that it's weird that this show doesn't talk about the bigger things. Like you expect people to get engaged by the end, then we should sit down and hear some of these bigger conversations. Maybe they're having them in the fantasy suites, but damn, if I don't want to hear them. Yeah, and I want to hear somebody be like, I am $30,000 in debt, my credit score sucks, and it be the lead's top choice. And I might want to change careers. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, give me the good stuff. What's going on in these people's lives? Yeah, The Bachelor should definitely incorporate more of that because it would make it more realistic. Yeah. Like, are these people going to make it? We don't know. We don't hear these hard conversations. So here are our tips. We need more alternative people. We need more diverse bodies. We want more real conversations about real life things. We want a woman to host The Bachelorette. Yeah. Hey, ABC, you heard it here first. Um, I just want to close this podcast by saying we got so much support and um, I don't know, people just being excited that we're starting this project. Yeah, it's been we, so sweet. Yeah, we put it out on Instagram and we had so many family and friends just be excited for us and say that they were going to listen in. So first of all, thank you. And second of all, we hope you enjoy listening. And if you have any feedback, we would love to hear it. Um, also, if you want to join our bracket, you can reach us at dramabonded at gmail.com. Yep, that's it. Drama is spelled D-R-A-U-M-A bonded at gmail.com. Um, email us. But really our ulterior motive is for the feedback. Are you even listening? Hello. Yeah, tell us. We just want to know. But actually, genuinely, feedback would be really good. We recognize that this is our first time through and we have so much to learn. And so we're we're really open to what people have to say, what people think, if there are things you want us to talk about. We're we're really open to it. We want to keep doing this. Mandy and I have a lot of fun together. And I'll be honest, I was a little apprehensive about talking about the Chris Harrison topic because I realized it's probably probably slightly polarizing. But also, this is just who Jess and I are, and I want to bring in our authentic viewpoints and thoughts and feelings about these harder topics into the Bachelor multiverse. So I'm really proud of us for, you know, bringing this topic to the table and sharing our feelings on it, and I would love to hear other people's feelings about it. Um, and also, we plan on doing that in the future. You know, we're not going to be shy about calling things out and addressing harder topics. Um, but also, this is for fun, 
you know we want to we want to have a bunch of fun even when we have to talk about harder things and i think that that's really important for us to kind of find that balance between yeah addressing things that are that other people might not be addressing but also just embracing the fact that we're doing a podcast about a reality tv right show. this is still the bachelor <laughs> But I think that even the Chris Harrison thing really does highlight why I like to look at reality TV through a lens of intersectionality or other black feminist ideals because it does give kind of a raw insight into Chris Harrison is not the only person that thinks the way he's thinking. Chris Harrison does have a lot of support. And it's what I think it is important to be able to see that happen in real time and talk about it because that is the only way that we're going to move forward is to continually have conversations that may be really uncomfortable. So, you know, reality TV for all of its flaws also can provide a really great jumping board to having conversations we might not have otherwise. So, Also, I just want to say after rewatching that interview, Rachel Lindsay handled herself so flawlessly. So hashtag team Rachel Lindsay. Forever and always. <laughs> all right. Well, The Bachelor starts tomorrow. And we'll we'll be with you guys later this week, probably Thursday, but don't quote me, um, to talk about the first episode. Yeah, we're going to try to figure, we are going to try to figure out our release date so that it's consistent every week. Um, so this week will kind of be a trial to see how that works. Yeah. But once we commit to a date and we know it works, we're going to hold ourselves to it. You can count on us. Might not be till Thursday, but... Every Thursday. Every Thursday. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Mama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who has downloaded and listened to us. We are so, so grateful for your support. Thank you.